So we've just been doing a, a little series, um, a Bible Heroes sort of series. Uh, last week, Jeff um, did a great message on John the Apostle. Uh, that was a, a beautiful message. And I'm doing uh, Moses today. And then we've got um, Sam Knox finishing off next week. So just a little little series we're doing uh, just before we sort of get into the our regular kind of gatherings for the year. So, so for... For me, I, I chose Moses, and oh, oh thanks, Johnny. And um, the reason why I chose Moses was that I have, like, growing up in church, I'd heard all the big stories about Moses, you know, parted the Red Sea, um, the miracles and the plagues in Egypt, and all the incredible things that this guy did. He's one of the big, big sort of characters of the Old Testament and the Bible overall. And I guess... You know, you had that kind of childhood kind of view of, of Moses, like through Sunday school and things like that. I, I, I didn't actually think about him as a, as a man and as a person. And it was actually only recently in the last, um, I think it was about four or five years ago, I read a book called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership by a lady called Ruth Haley Barton. And she actually does a bit of a case study on Moses as, as a spiritual leader. And uh, the thing that really struck me from reading that book, and, 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 I, and I believe it's like the, the pivotal moment in, in his life is when uh, he has the encounter with God at the burning bush. Not crossing the Red Sea, not uh, you know pillars of fire and smoke in the desert. Um, this is the moment in his life, in his life, Moses, is the turning point in his life where it all everything hangs on this. This is the fulcrum around how everything in his life changes from this moment. This is the key moment in his life. Um, but before I get to that this morning, I just want to quickly recap. I, I, I realize sometimes not everyone's familiar with the story of Moses. So we got, oops, Johnny, next slide. Quick, real, like, 30-second kind of recap. The Israelites are, are, are in Egypt because Joseph went there, um, and you're familiar with that story, and then he brought the nation of the people there, and they lived there, and they were for there about almost 400 years. And they, the Pharaoh, um, eventually, they, they, things were good for them, but then things turned, and they were in, enslaved by the Pharaoh, and they were in harsh conditions. And at the time of, of around Moses' birth, there's actually a, a moment where Pharaoh's worried about these, these, these Hebrew people, the, the population that they're going to take over because there's so many of them. And so he actually um, enacts something to kill all the firstborn male babies. And, and it's an interesting point there because it foreshadows a, uh, an event at the start of Jesus' life too where Herod uh, kills all the firstborn babies as well. And Moses' mum... Has a, has a sort of a, a brainwave to try and save her son from being killed. And so what she does is she puts Moses in this little basket down by the reeds by the, by the river. And we've all seen this if you've been to Sunday school, the pictures and things like that. And what happens is the Pharaoh's daughter is just down at, at the waterside and it's a, it's, it's a setup. And Pharaoh's daughter sees this baby in a basket and she knows it's a Hebrew baby. And then there's, this, a, there's a bit of a setup in the background where They've already teed up that they can uh, help out as as a, as a bit of a, a bit of a um, nanny to sort of help um, raise Moses for this um, Pharaoh's daughter. So, to cut a long story short, 
Moses becomes an Egyptian. He's adopted into this family, and he's, 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 he's in a life of just incredible splendor and, and um, glory, and like, you know, everything's easy for him. Um, but there's a, there's a turning point in his life when he's about the age of 40, where he kind of notices what's happening to his people. So he's familiar that he is a Hebrew, and he knows his, a little bit of his background, and he, and, he, and he notices that they're under oppression. He knows that they're suffering. And he sees this incident where an Egyptian's just beating the heck out of this Hebrew slave, and there's something inside him snaps. And what is really interesting there is that what he's reacting to is, is good. It's, it's a sense of injustice. He's like, man, this is wrong. This is wrong that my people have been, been punished. But what he does, how he acts, is, is, is shows his level of maturity at that age and where he was at. Because he, he murders this, this Egyptian slave driver guy. He, he kills this Egyptian and he buries this guy's body. And then there's this kind of a freak out because um, word gets to to Pharaoh of what he's done. And so what what Moses does then, he does what a lot of us do in life, he bolts. Keep going through the slides for me. Keep going. Prince of Egypt, great movie, eh? I like that picture, you know. (laughs) Next one. He bolts into the desert. Now, there's a, there's a thing in the Bible around the desert and the wilderness that it's this, it is a physical place, but it also symbolizes this kind of place of, of emptiness and of, of, of being like your life being revealed. And what happens for Moses, he goes from, this, from the palace to racing off into the desert. And if you're familiar with the story, he, he meets uh, a Midianite woman named Sapphira. I think I've said her name right. And her father Jethro, that they are shepherds out in the desert, and he marries um, his daughter. And for the next forty years, he tends Jethro's flock, his sheep. So for forty years, he gets up every day, and he goes out with these sheep in the wilderness, in the desert, and he just does his job. And you know, for us as outsiders looking at this, you just think, what a waste of time. You know, here's a guy of incredible privilege. Um, you know, influence, you know, background, and for 40 years, he's just tending these sheep. What is God doing here in this moment? And this is what Ruth Haley Barton says. Um, The first leg of Moses' journey as a leader then was not to lead anyone else anywhere. It was to allow himself to be led into freedom from his own bondage. Before he could lead others into freedom, he needed to experience freedom himself. In solitude, he was able to let go of the coping mechanisms that had served him well in the past, but were completely inappropriate for the leader he was becoming. And so what this 40 years is, is actually a a training school, a school of formation, of spiritual and character formation that is shaping Moses to be the leader that he needs to be. And it's really interesting that he spent 40 years in desert doing this because how long did it take the people of Israel to get through the desert? 40 years. So he had an experience of what it was like to be in the wilderness and to be, to be exposed and to, to, to know all that deepest, darkest stuff of himself and to walk through that in solitude. 
So he was able to become the leader that was able to help people go through the desert. And uh, I, I think for myself as a leader, I, 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 I really kind of really relate to that, is that sense of, I, I want things instant, like I want to be able to, yeah, let's do this from this point A to point B, but it seems to be the arc of scripture and the way God works, that God doesn't work sometimes as fast as we want him to, that he's doing a work in us. Um, I, was, I was talking to my father one day, he's a, he's a pastor as well, and I was talking about some, must have been something I needed some wisdom about as a, as a pastor, and, and my dad said this thing to me, he says, he said when he was young and he was a pastor and he just started, he had a, he had a mentor that he used to go to to talk about stuff and problems and get prayer and things like that. And, and one time he was talking to this mentor and this mentor said to him, you know, Phil, I'd love to just put my hands on you and just give you all my years of experience. But I can't. <laughs> and he said, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to, do this. You're going to have to walk through these things. You're going to, you know, I can give you wisdom and I can pray for you, but I'd love to impart to you those that that gap of all those years, all that experience. And isn't that so true for all of us? Like we want to have that maturity, we want to have that character formation, and we want it like now. But God is in the work of the slow work of the soul, character formation. Take Jesus for example. He only lived 33 years. Of those 33 years, 30 of them were lived in obscurity. 30 years. Not, uh, it's about, it's, I did the percentage of uh, slightly over 90% of his life was lived in utter obscurity. Just working for his dad. Just living life. Just being faithful. The majority of his life was in obscurity. But I wonder what the father was doing in his, his heart through that time period how God was shaping him and preparing him for those three awesome years of ministry. So this period of uh, Moses' life is, 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 is really a, 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 a school of formation. Next slide, Johnny. So we, as we get to this crucial point in the story, as I said, he's a shepherd, and he's, he's out tending his flocks one day, and he has this incredible moment. Do you want to just change the slide, Johnny? Uh, next one. This is Exodus 3, um, verse 1 to 6. As he's tending his flock, as he's just going about his ordinary day, it says that he was, um, he was near um, Horeb, or that's also called Mount Sinai. It's a place where there's incredible encounters with God. Um, and he, he sees a, a burning bush. He sees a bush that's on fire. And maybe because it was in the desert, that might not have been that remarkable in itself because you know sometimes things catch on fire lightning strikes or someone's (laughs) left something a a campfire on and there's a bit of bush a shrub that's on fire but what is different about this bush from just a regular bush fire or anything like that is that this bush has not been consumed so it's on fire but it's not been consumed and what happens next is really interesting and I love this verse here it says three so Moses thought I will go over and see this strange sight why this bush does not burn up. And there's this, this is the crucial moment in his life. He could have just seen the bush on fire, thought that's a bit weird, I'm going to keep moving on, just keep going through my day. But he, he, he actually makes it, he pauses, and then he makes a decision, I'm going to go and investigate. I'm going to go see what is happening with this bush. I want to know more. 
And it's interesting that he does that because as he pauses, as he notices, as he looks at this bush, it says in the next verse after it that, that God then speaks to him. And, and I wonder for us, do we need to ha- have a practice of looking for the, the presence of God, the burning bushes that are all around us in our ordinary life? How often are we missing those in our ordinary life? Because sometimes I think we think that that only happens here in, in a church building on Sunday or at a conference or you know maybe at some very special moment. But every single day, God's presence is there, eh? In your workplace, when you're going for a walk in the morning with a dog, you know, when you're with people, like God's presence, we believe that God is omnipresent, right? Like that's, that way that he's in all places at all times. So that means that his presence is there and that we can encounter him at all times. And sometimes it feels like God's away from us, but it's just that we're not paying attention, that we're not aware. And that is the act that, that Moses is doing. He's paying attention to what God is doing. Next slide, Johnny. The practice of turning aside to look is a spiritual dis- discipline that by its very nature sets us up for an encounter with God. As I finish this morning, I, I, I guess I want to just really highlight that for you this year. I know this is something on my heart that I want. I don't want to miss those moments with God this year. I, I just think, how many moments did I miss last year because I was busy? I want to be open to the presence of God. I want to find him in every day, in every single thing that I'm doing, not just at high peak moments or when I think that God's in the room. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's in our homes. He's, he can encounter our children. Like He longs to be with us. I'm going to finish with this uh, quote from Elizabeth Barrett Browning. She was a poet. And then I'd, I'd like to just pray that over us this morning. Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. Why don't we stand?